Welcome to the Diversity on the Hill podcast with Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Curcio. Here are the ground rules for our conversation. Respect one another. Openness. No assumptions allowed. Mistakes are welcome. And let's grow together. Enjoy the conversation. So, hey everybody! Thanks for coming back <laughs> to the Diversity on the Hill podcast. You ever feel like awkward? Yeah, awkward. You've had a conversation, and then you realize what you just said, and then you have to come back to that conversation. <laughs> and yeah, and then you have this playing. Yeah. <laughs> last time on Diversity on the Hill. <laughs> exactly. So our last two, especially our last one. We shared in my when I told my wife what we she shared what we shared. She's like, "You told that, yeah." She's like, "So my parents can hear that," and I was like, <laughs> "They're not listening to the podcast. Don't worry." Luckily, but yeah. So, anyways, it's that awkward. Hi, we're back for more. Yeah. Well, hey, this is PJ and PK, but we have someone with us. PC is here. Yes, she is. Female perspective. There you go. Much needed. Thanks for joining us. Yes, we appreciate it. I thought it. you were ditching us at first. Like, you're like, oh, I know where this is heading. <laughs> I was listening closely and wondering, uh-oh, what are they going to ask me? You know. Is everyone doing all right? Yeah. Yeah. I got my first uh, shot of the vaccine, Yay. so I'm thrilled. I'm Ooh. due Friday. Sweet. I'm going to do my first one. There you go. Really? There you yeah. go. I uh, Honestly, I'm, I'm going to confess, I almost botched it because uh, oh, yeah. it, was, it was supposed to be, uh, of course, elderly high-risk people and teachers right um but i had a conversation since i'm always at the high school and right. the middle school i was like you know and i give bible studies to the kids directly and what have you it was like okay uh can i can i say that i work with the school so that way i can go ahead and they gave me permission to do so and when i showed up uh, the first person i saw they're like so what do you do for a living and i was like i'm a pastor and then he's <laughs> kind of like taking it back and i was like oh uh, but i teach bible uh-huh. you know to <laughs> yeah. high school students at college Hill academy and, yeah. he, and he he was tapping on his clipboard and he was kind of pensive like am i gonna let this guy go through or not and then he was like fine he just let me through and then when when i finally got past like there's like four check checkpoints if you mm-hmm. will by the time i finally got to the nurse right before like they give the the um vaccine they're like can i ask you a question and i'm like <laughs> and she was like you're, you're kind of young what are you what are you doing here again oh, and i was oh. like uh i teach bible right, right. <laughs> at the college of the she's like oh oh teaching okay 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 that's all right and then that's when she annotated that and then i was able to get it so i was like whoosh because yeah. I, I was you really almost to get messed it. it up they almost threw I you out almost botched it man wow. but it's no, totally place specific i think like because some places are like yeah 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 you know come on in i mean we're tennessee's only using 70 percent of our vaccine so we have we are and one of my friends said his primary care doctor said we are a wash in vaccines so we're not really like taking it from anybody but some like the walmart i'm going to is like yep faculty are teachers nice i saw one teacher who went and they said they didn't even ask him a question and he's young Mm -hmm. too and they're just like Mm -hmm. okay come in and yeah. That was Georgia, though. Georgia is, is a little different. <laughs> <laughs> I got to be honest. They're not doing so hot in the vaccine area. Well, H- Have it, you gotten one? No. I, I'm actually going to wait a little bit. I'm actually waiting a month or two because since I'm working at summer camp, mm. they say if you get the vaccine, for 90 days after you get the vaccine, you don't have to be quarantined if you're exposed. Oh. 
So that's okay. that's the guidelines right now. Interesting. Now they might expand that once a little more research comes. So I'm trying to get it closer to summer camp yeah, so that, that I'm not quarantined. And all of our staff technically has been working with summer camps have been working with the CDC. Ah. We are technically under the educational banner. Yeah, for sure. Excellent. But that's I'm working great. with uh, a couple people to try to get it kind of right before camp so that if there's any exposures, but we do have a few uh, kids that are anti-vaxxers. So it's going to be interesting. They're, fa- they're camp staff that are yeah. anti-vaxxers. Yeah. Young, young kids who are like, uh, we don't believe in it. It's, it's feels too rushed to me. And, but hey, that's their opinion. What can I do? Yeah, they're entitled to that. Yeah, they're uh, entitled to it. Hopefully they don't get it, right? Because then you're going to be short-staffed. Yeah, well, that to me it's more the exposure thing. Because yeah. if they're even exposed, then you have to quarantine. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Like they're gonna, you're going to be in quarantine half the time. Yeah, so I'm hoping it's only like two or three it of them. It could be like, uh, you might not get paid for the whole summer if you're quarantined for and half the, the camp- summer. And the campers. Because you yeah. chose not to get vaccinated. But yeah. hey, we all have our opinions and we'll... We'll have to value those. All I'm saying is I'm thankful to God because my wife is high risk. So I've been mm, couldn't yeah. wait to to get it to make sure that yeah. I keep her safe. You know, I interact with a whole lot of people. Yeah. I've had at least three scares where I mm. was in direct contact with people who tested positive for COVID. Oh, wow. Um, so I've had a quarantine quite a bit. And uh, thankfully, God has been good to me that I never tested positive. So we had like, our first personal friend die. Really? A girl Sorry. Tommy went to high school with. Actually, she's Tommy's personal friend, not me. So her, her so relatively was, young then, too. Yes. So w- she was wow. posting about her the heartbreak with her mom, like every step of the way her mom was intubated. Oh, her mom got, wow. you know, COVID, like all of the heartbreak with that. And Tommy was telling me, we're praying for my friend, like her, her mom's, you know, intubated. And it's just all of the decisions they're having to make around all of that yes. and how upsetting it is. And then, um, and then she got it. Like, she, I mean, he just told me her mom finally died like last week. Mm. And then he said when he was seeing it on social media, he thought, oh, they, they've gotten it confused. They're confusing her and her mom. But no, she apparently. Really? I, I, so they both that, passed away. Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So Tommy didn't know her mom, but he knew her. And he goes like, that's my first person that I mm. know, mm. not just a friend, person that I know's parent or whatever. Right, but right, yeah. Right. So. Wow. Well, it's still out there. It yep. is. All right. Well, we've really started this one with a with a bang. <laughs> yeah. You know, usually we're a little upbeat. Hey, it's we're a beautiful just, we're day just outside. Bumming you out. Great. It, it is okay. gorgeous it's out spring. there. You know, I'm sorry. I, I don't, I'm, the, I'm the one that no, brought it. You, that it, brought it, it up. It started off with good news, but I was you know, excited. In today's yeah. world. Uh, All right. I got, I'm going to bring something to you as a kind of a segue to our furthering discussion of on the hill. Sure. And it's kind of dealing with some some other stuff that we've been talking about. You know, the cancel culture stuff. I guess some people are really worried about the cancel culture stuff, but have you heard about Pepe Le Pew? <laughs> I know who Pepe Le Pew is. I don't know him personally, but I enjoy him. Pepe Le Pew, Look, Pepe Le Pew is big in the news right now. <laughs> I don't know what you guys, you, you're missing this. Well, Apparently Fox News has, has had some issues. And I even saw a YouTube video of Pepe Le Pew. So Pepe Le Pew has been removed from the latest Space Jam movie. They're kicking him out? Yeah, they're kicking him out. What? Yeah. Because Pepe Le Pew is troublesome. The name? No, the, the actual behavior, character. Like Pepe his Le- behavior? Yes. What? So he's been taken out of the movie. And so... Man, if they left Jar Jar Binks in, they should... <laughs> come <laughs> well, on. well, let's think about this. So I guess even on... Uh, I saw this clip on Fox News where they were talking about it and the ladies 
talking to the person who's like, isn't this gone overboard with Pepe Le Pew? First, it's, uh, I don't know if you've heard of the Mr. Potato Head controversy. Yeah, I heard that. I don't, I don't get that. I don't know why that's a controversy. Uh, me neither. Because there's still a Mr. Potato Head and there's still a Mrs. Potato Head. Correct. They're just calling the whole line Potato Head, right? Yep. So, so they haven't really canceled anything. They no. just changed the brand. Okay. And there was another one that they were talking about that was canceled. Well, they're re- rebranding bathrooms too. You know, they're just making them all unisex. Yeah. It's Why just, not? it's just called easier. a bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> just as long I, as I will use a men's restroom. If they are like just a one door thing, I'm not standing in line between behind five people. Like right. this is just rational choice theory at work. If it's a yeah. one door, who cares? Yeah. Who yeah. cares? Now, obviously if it's a bunch of stalls, then it's different issues. Yeah. Different issues. You can't, you can't just go to Costco and cause Costco Correct. doesn't have one of anything. So obviously <laughs> their bathrooms are huge as well. So anyway, so Pepe Le Pew is being, discarded and on this fox interview she's like well don't you see this he's like well he the guest didn't quite agree because he said well it's time for pepe Le Pew's character to be gone or strongly updated now why why do you think i mean is he's he, actually he, bad is, in two ways to be is, honest is with he you. inappropriate like they they feel like he's harassing the he actually cat. is. Have yeah. you not seen the cartoon? Of course, the cartoon's I grew up terrible. Yeah. If yeah. you think about it, it's yeah. like that Christmas song. It's cold outside. Yeah. When you listen to that song, yeah. you actually, and I love that song. Yeah. Because I try not to listen to the actual lyrics, though. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that song. So, yeah, so, Pippa, so you're in favor of them well, removing. Pippa it's kind of weird. If you look at Pepe Le Pew's, first off, he's a a French stereotype, right? I actually have less of a problem with that, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, and because I don't have a problem when people over stereotype my race, but that's fine. That's different. That's another story. Well, sure. That sounds personal. Yeah. Okay. That's a personal belief. First off, he's a French stereotype, but his, he's always giving unwanted mm. advances mm. and he's kissing on her and hugging her. And it's like, it's a little inappropriate. And here's the thing. The people that are complaining about it now are, are more the right wing who are saying, oh, but like when I was a kid, they were saying how bad all these cartoons yeah. were growing up. They're yeah. so violent and they're so this. But now. But, but again, so, so, so wait, I, I get where you're coming from with all of that. And, the, and his character really revolved around his harassment of the other animals. So, so you know, we get that. Yeah. Uh, Daffy Duck. And Bugs Bunny, they're kissing up on everybody. You know, they're kissing Elmer Fudd. And they're, you know, they're doing all this. Like, they behaved in just very erratic ways. But their character wasn't... Pepe Le Pew was a one-trick pony. It was... uh, He loved this cat. And he was... I mean, just go back and watch one. It's constantly kissy-kissy, huggy-huggy. And the girl doesn't want the advances. Right. If we saw that in real life, we'd be like... Ooh, creepy. Like a ton of the movies when you go back and watch them from the mid 20th century and you're like, oh my word. Yeah. <laughs> it's not okay just to slap women. Yes. It's not no, okay. I agree. I agree. You know, like when you go back, I mean, I, I think that's one of the biggest things that when you think about it, it's a one trick pony, like the other ones, you could just eliminate some of that harassment and they still are there. If you eliminate his harassment, what does he do now? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's fair. I mean, I get it. But it's his whole stick. But yeah. Then modify the role. That could be fun. That takes a lot of creativity, but I think we should be here for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kind of use that creativity and be like, oh, it's kind of funny to have, you know. I mean, how about how about if he has an epiphany? Mm. And he's like, oh, man, <laughs> you know, I've been 
so immature for so long. And then all of a sudden, bam, he changes how he. I mean, you know know? what I'd like to see? I'd like to see like more. So, so I'm all for us kind of trying to teach people not to bully. And let's be honest, like it's a form of bullying and, and it isn't only kids that bully each other, grownups bully each other. And there's a whole bunch of different ways we do that. Agreed. And I think one of our ways of handling some of that, this is not at all. And I understand about victim blaming and I'm not intending to do that, but I would also like us to teach each other and empower each other to know how to respond to behavior that we don't like. And so mm. one, mm. another way of doing it is not, no, an epiphany could come through somebody going, this is, you know, you don't do this and this is why, you know, right. and like, you know, there could be some character growth there that also responds where you're not just a victim and, and running. I mean, I do wish that we, just did a better job of like teaching people how to say, and then along with consent in multiple arenas, not just about sexuality or whatever. But when someone was like, I'm not comfortable with that, people didn't just keep teasing them because humor is such a powerful tool for controlling people and shaming them and be like, I'm just joking. Can't you take a joke? Like we're just Mm. teasing, you know, that sort of thing. And to be like, I'm not comfortable with this. And as we've talked about here, to get back to the like, censorship or canceling like i'm telling you that i don't like it when you do this and then when someone tells you that then the 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 correct response is to respond to that you know to go like i'm not i didn't mean it that way but not to like say you don't have a right to say you don't want to be treated this way like so i don't i feel like we could do more and maybe peppy Le Pew could have a a learning experience well Well, here's here's the other thing like the the cat is you know, feels violated or what have you and, and all of that. And I agree. But my thing She looks very uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> but why don't they give Legit. her a voice? Mm, like the cat Give can't the woman speak. a voice. That's interesting. Wow. That's interesting. So that, the cat can't deep. tell right. Pebble Pew, like, I am not a skunk. Right. You know, I am a cat and I'm not interested in you. But right. Pebble Pew knows. He, he paints his white stripe. <laughs> he knows. He, she, anyways, here's sure. the thing. We're doing a very good job. And by the way, I, I love the the adult dialogue we're having here, and it's fantastic. They're all great ideas, but it's a Looney Tunes. Imagine doing that in a kid's program and all of a sudden being like, excuse me, this is wrong. And people are like, you know what? You're right. Cartoon over. They do it all <laughs> the time. Bah, bah, yeah, That's yeah, when you yeah, get yeah. that. Oh, like, oh, 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 sorry. Here, Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> all right, now back to Bugs Bunny because Pepe Le Pew is boring now, so oh, we're not going to show yeah. him anyways. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Anyways, I thought that was actually a pretty good segue into what we're going to talk about. Yes, it is. Because unwanted advances is we've been talking a little bit Mm. about that with some of our other things and the kind of the sexual dynamics. Now, we did get a little bit into our own personal stories and how we were affected by that. And so just in a few moments here, we will come back and get a little bit more women's perspective on the question we said we were going to ask. Do you remember the question? If you don't, we're going to ask it. And now we're asking it. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't segue that very well, did I? It was kind of like uh, no, you the did. Music, you, you the left music the... just kicked in. Yeah, and, and right. it's gonna be. It's, it's gonna be nice. Okay. So the question we left off the last episode was with: Is watching pornography adultery? Now this is where this question came from. Friday afternoons is usually I'm cl- 
cleaning the house and I'm in charge of the floors at my house. Such a good man. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I probably should do more. And I'm cleaning the floors downstairs, you know, downstairs living area. My wife comes down and that she just asked me that question and blurts it out. Mm. And I remember this is, she knows my history of, mm. of, of stuff. And I'm just like, uh, what, what, what just happened? Uh, <laughs> and it turned into us talking for about an hour and a half about all this. And this is what spurred on the conversations we're having. Cause I, I felt like it's important that we have conversations about these things. Agreed. Now, um, did you finish cleaning the floors? Because that was an hour and a half conversation <laughs> afterwards. So yes, uh, luckily I still had enough time. To oh, do okay, it. good, good, yeah. good. Just make, and are yeah. you vacuuming or sweeping or dust mopping? mopping. All of the correct. above. Oh wow! Okay. Okay. I vacuum. <laughs> I mop. I uh, sweep. Wow! When yeah. I grow up, I want to be like you. Dude, you are cursio kind. You don't <laughs> need to be so like terrible. me. You are. This guy. <laughs> you're an amazing man. Oh, I don't know about that. But anyhow, so you had that conversation. Alana brought it up, and then it's like, what's the deal? Wow. And, and, and I don't think we came to a conclusion necessarily on that day. But she was, she was saying it came from a thread that she was reading on Facebook, mm -hmm. and how mm. there was this kind of back and forth. And and most of them said yes, it is of course. And then they said it was grounds. Was it grounds for divorce? And they're like, yes, it is. And then they're like, Past I've heard pastors say it's not grounds for divorce. And that's a whole can of <laughs> worms there. Okay, so, yeah. so so let's let's set the stage first biblically, right? right for what where this idea comes from. Go right? for it. So Matthew chapter five, mm -hmm. verse twenty eight. And that's the first thing I gave her to. Right. You know, it's <laughs> like, and this is Jesus's words, right? This mm -hmm. is these are red letters in depending what Bible you have. It says, But I say. Anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So and I believe was, that's the premise. What was Jesus' point? Well, he was talking about adultery, right? Well, he was. that was in the, the, the Sermon on the Mount. And there's actually an expansion on a lot of laws there. Because there, 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 was, the, there, was. there was even the laws of murder. Hey, you say murder, but I say when you say, call someone a fool. Yes. Hate you hate your brother. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. So he kind of expanded on the heart of the matter, not just the plain behavior, if you will, uh, act. Yeah, the, just the plain act. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He was saying, hey, there's more to the act than just the act. Mm, right. And it's too easy to just say, don't commit adultery when there's so much else going on. I also think part of the point of that is that it's too complicated even to like be very specific about judging what, you know, part mm -hmm. of his point there is, it seems to me in the Sermon on the Mount is mm -hmm. the standards are so much bigger than any of us can ever imagine. And basically none of us have ever met them. Mm. Right. Yeah, so, well you know, none of us, all of us commit adultery. All mm -hmm. if, you know, if, if I'm attracted to somebody who I'm not married to, you know, is that, is that adultery? Like how attracted do I have to be? Yeah. And how, you know, how much time? Yeah. yeah. So I think we have to be like, I'm broken and sinful. Mm -hmm. I'm leaning towards wholeness. I'm trying to put wholeness and flourishing in my life. I want to learn how to love better. What's a better way for me to love my partner, my God, my community, mm -hmm. what leads to that? Yeah. And so, I mean, I think so. And adultery of specifically I mean, Jesus is using adultery in really interesting words. So does Paul, because mm. adultery was in the past in the ancient world was something only women could commit. Mm. So women were property and their sexuality was property. Mm -hmm. And so if you're, you, you were owned. And so if you, if you slept with somebody's daughter, you, your sin was against him. 
you know, right. not against your wife, right. if you were mm. married or anybody else. And she, you know, she's, she's violating her father's or her husband's property rights by allowing somebody else to have access to them. And so your sin is against the man, not usually against the woman or against God and against your community. Jesus and Paul take everything a complete weird step further that like nobody else is doing by saying men can commit adultery and men should be held to the same standards women had been held to for all of that ancient history that they should not old testament men are sleeping with tons of different women it's not adultery it's not a problem some of them they're married to some of them it's concubines it's totally within keeping of culture and understanding of how the family is organized and but Jesus comes along and says some new stuff, and so does Paul. Paul says men shouldn't be doing this either. That's right. Um, Elders need to be husbands of one wife. Well, to be, he, to be clear, I think the laws were in there. They just weren't kept. Well, nobody understood them that way. Let's put it that way. Nobody in the past seemed to understand them that way. Right. And so as, we, as our understanding can, unfolds, it does seem like Jesus is doing something new, as Jesus yeah. often did with things in the past. And Paul is much more explicit about it, where he's like, if you have sex with a prostitute, you're sinning against your own body. Mm. He talks mm. about the men's um, you know, sexual um, commitments to their wives in ways that are very clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also he says, that some of them shouldn't be married for similar. It isn't only that, you know, you could say you can only be a husband of one wife. That's important. Maybe you don't have to be a husband at all, you know, is, is implied in some of the other things he says about yeah. who should be leading out in the church and that sort of thing. But anyway, I, I really think that this idea of adultery knowing it is huge and big and that none of us can, you know, again, I don't think it's inappropriate for someone to say, okay, so if someone's watching pornography and is sexually aroused by what they're seeing, that's according to the letter of the law there with Jesus committing adultery. Yeah, but also so are a bunch of other things. And people are unfaithful because we are not perfect. We are unfaithful. Now, where you want to draw the line on that and where it is grounds for divorce or isn't, I would never presume to kind of say in any particular relationship, you know, because I do think also I'd like to think, this is a terrible thing to say, but I'd like to think that marriages can survive even actual physical adultery with somebody else, you know, like, so I'm not saying that has to, I'm not saying people need to stay married, but I would like to think that grace and forgiveness and not that it's required all the time of everybody but i'd like to think that that is a thing that could happen that it isn't like because your spouse commits adultery you must divorce them you know i don't think that's what jesus is saying there right well Um, yeah and he's not in when god talks about our unfaithfulness to him that's the language he often uses is that context we prostituted israel prostituted himself you have committed adultery against your god he's using that language constantly to show that I'm still trying to renew this relationship, Mm. even though you committed adultery. I think that's God's ideal. Now, obviously, when you feel betrayed, that's a a whole different... (laughs) Well, again, this this takes it, in in my case, to to another place. Like, if you study the the story of Hosea, right, Mm -hmm. and you hear what's happening there, and obviously his uh, wife, uh, a prostitute, is doing her thing. Is that Gomer? You know, yeah. And then the, the terrible thing is, name, by the way, I, I feel very <laughs> bad for her. Uh, and then, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's comparing her behavior to Israel. Yeah. Right. And he's showing how he relates to that personally. And this is just my personal opinion. Maybe my experience kind of shape has shaped this a little bit. But I, I believe that as humans, uh, because, you know, 
Moses gave them that out, right, in the Old Testament. And then it was like they just found ways to just get rid of their spouses. That's really what they, mm -hmm. they took advantage mm -hmm. of that, right? I, like you, uh, PC, believe that a marriage can survive it. But that, in, that entails mm. entering into the pain mm. with your spouse and doing the work to make it make it make the marriage last but sometimes you know we as humans we we don't want to enter into that pain we don't want to go through the hardship we don't want to have to do the hard work mm -hmm. so we run sure we run from it and what what gets me is if we're now now mind you and, and i want to frame this so people know where i'm coming from your relationship with god ultimately is what leads you to make x or y decision at least i hope and not the the emotions that you're experiencing right um if you're in a in a in a relationship that can make you lose yourself and your life you need to get out of that like so we're not even talking about like physical abuse right now we're really just focusing on sexual misconduct right that's why <laughs> it's been the title of our series so far right but the idea is our episode sorry i believe that a marriage can survive sexual misconduct but the person has to number one be led by god to enter into that pain number two be willing to make the choice to enter into that pain and do the work to work it out if both parties are wanting for the marriage to work and it takes more than just entering in that pain though it's called extending grace well again man and to me that's almost mm -hmm. harder to but extend enter, grace no but entering into a pain and also is a a choice a a commitment you're making to forgive Mm. I'm not saying forgive and forget. You're entering into that saying, I am going to forgive you for what you have done, thus extending grace to you for the wrong that you did to me, mm -hmm. and I'm going to love you beyond that. And as a recipient of that kind of love, I see God in my wife. Yeah. And even if it hadn't happened like that, so I'm also here for people saying, I'm not sure I want to forgive you. I don't think, I think I don't right now. I don't even know if I want to. I don't even know if I want to want to. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to resist potentially the work of God for a minute here or two mm -hmm. while I'm feeling the pain and I'm going to be present in a way that is open to being able down the road. It may take a little while. And I, I think that's part of the, I mean, all of that staying open. And this is why I think um, sex is, makes us so vulnerable mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. We are enfleshed and embodied humans. God was incarnate in Jesus, but he also incarnated us. We are enfleshed little images of God that are enfleshed. And who we are in our flesh, we aren't just some disembodied personality or mind. We, are, we operate in the world in our bodies. And we talked about this when we talked about race. And it's true for sexuality too, because we become so vulnerable. This is like a place where it's awkward. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really work right. You get older and you have hip trouble and, you know, like there's pain. It's, you know, it's a bodily function, you know, <laughs> as well. Yeah. I mean, it's just weird. Yeah. Okay. It is both <laughs> only a bodily function and also like super important. So like both of these things are going on at the same time and the crisscross of them is interesting because it can just be as simple as that. And yet it is almost never as simple as that. Otherwise something like rape wouldn't be a thing. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. So we know this is true that this is what Paul, the, the way Paul articulated it about who we are when we're sinning against our own flesh, 
because who we are in our bodies matters. And when we're vulnerable to someone in our bodies, and when you enter into a commitment with someone like marriage is, where you say, we're going to know each other fully mm-hmm. in all of our weirdnesses and quirks. And we're going to keep on loving each other, even though we know that stuff. Um, that's really important practice for unconditional love. Mm-hmm. But it does mean that then you're open to that. And I, I do know that sometimes love doesn't look like the ability to instantly forgive, but it looks like the ability to kind of be open to that over time. And and yet, if you're going to stay with someone, you can't keep punishing them over and over again. Thank you. you have to constantly be open to being transformed by the spirit of God and say, or take a break in some sort of way. And that's what it takes too. This is what I'm getting at. Like both parties have to be willing to go through that journey together mm-hmm. of growth. So PSA, a quick public service announcement. If you're being sexually abused, right. i.e. Mm-hmm. it's happening over and over again. And thank you PC for, yeah. le- for taking us there. You have to get out. Yep. Like, like you're, you're gracing your mercy at the cost of your life. I don't think that's what God is asking you to do. So just, just, you know, putting that out there. So they're clear that we're not encouraging you to stay in a abusive or sexual, sexually abusive relationship in the name of Christ. You know, I don't believe Christ is asking you to do that. So he can't force anybody to grow and become more, uh, what's the word? Sexually pure, if -hmm. you will. Um, But he's not asking you to give your life for that person, he already did that. Yeah, and I, I want to I want to second that in a way because I do feel like, and and I don't know how it came across to you, but I want to make sure that we never sounded like um, we were apologists or that we were trying to diminish the abuser's experience Correct. because that to me is, man, someone who was abused or has has gone through something that's an immense pain and we need to make right. sure that we're supportive of that and never downplay that. No, so, I, don't, I don't think you said it like that at all. Like, I think that's, that's very clear. What we're talking about <laughs> is like the grown up adults, people who are trying to live a godly life. Like we're, these are assumptions we're making out this conversation. Right. And in that sort of, especially specifically in this context, we were talking about within marriage, mm-hmm. people who are already married to each other, does this kind of constitute betrayal that we would often use the word adultery or cheating, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. on someone to do. And I, I definitely can see why one would think that and say that um, and the amount of hurt that it is. And it's because of us in our bodies. Like I do think there's probably times that I wouldn't care to explicate in what ways it would be that maybe it isn't adultery. Like, so again, I'm willing there to be some wiggle room that I don't know about right now because, but <laughs> I'm going to say most of the time for the things that you all talked about, I think maybe in the first episode or maybe it's last time I don't remember mm-hmm. um about how unrealistic pornography is mm-hmm. yeah. um and the fact that we live in a world already where everybody is able to make themselves look better because of filters and editing oh, yeah. in photographs even just not people that are professional just people on Instagram or yeah. whatever you and know surgery. and so exactly and <laughs> surgery right right <laughs> um that's a funny question like is surgery real? Mm. Are things real, even if they're surgical? Anyway, they're going like, to say they paid for yeah. it. Yeah, well, or, or it's an actual <laughs> physical. That is actually how things look now. Right, like that is right. a thing. But anyway, um, and so I think when when we're talking about that situation, and and again, how intimate it is, 
how bodily things are, how self, like one of the things I think is interesting, and this is my total observation, non-scientific at all, but okay, way back when I was a kid, which is not an accurate <laughs> assessment of what was really happening historically. So as a historian, I will say <laughs> that is not an accurate evidence like when I was a kid, but there was a lot more Thank you. openness about there was a lot more intimacy in general, physical intimacy. Mm -hmm. People shared beds more. There was a lot more kind of, we would undress in front of each other as girls, as kids. Yeah. There was a lot of just, you know, there were group showers. My, yeah, my gym had a, like, that's what I was talking so, about. So yeah. there was a lot of that. Group that's shower, going, that the, as that, <laughs> like that is going away <laughs> a lot. Privacy mm -hmm. is definitely increasing. Right. And there could be some benefits to that. I'm not gonna hear to talk about that. But what I am gonna say is, I feel like it's really sad that on the one hand, you'll, you're seeing like public nudity and people taking pictures of themselves in such a way that it's not necessarily really themselves or that they're in their best form or, or whatever. At the same time that like, I think a lot of my college students, those girls aren't comfortable with anyone actually seeing them as they really are unsexualized. Mm -hmm. So I think mm -hmm. if we have to be comfortable with our bodies, Yes, our bodies are sexual. We are sexual beings. Also, our bodies are a ton of other things. Yeah. So yeah. we are not only that. And when you're reduced to like that being the primary thing about you, you need to always have that. On. I feel like to see and be seen, you know, I have a, a group of women who I'm 15 years younger than all of them. And for the last 10 years, we've been in a book club. And once a year, we go skinny dipping together in one of the ladies' back, back pools. Cool. And it's just in to be like, I mean, it's not very long and it's sort of, but it's just become kind of a, and I, and I felt like I now, and like when the group changed to be involve a lot more younger people, nobody else does it. It's only the older women. Mm -hmm. And like, I was the first younger person in it. And so, mm -hmm. and that I feel like it's a bit sad because it may, we're not really comfortable being seen in the skin that we're in, in a non-sexual way, you mm -hmm. know, sometimes. And I, I feel, I feel sad about that because I, I think that is part of the healthiness of a, of a healthy bodily. And a lot of what you were kind of talking about and a lot of what happens with pornography is how much it impacts our sense of our bodies and our, and our shame about who we are in our bodies. And um, anyway, I, I feel like that's a, a lot of the part of the betrayal is like, I think, is that what my partner wants? Is that, is that what they're going for? Do I live up to that? Is this what it has to be like all the time? And, you know, I think we were talking before the show about how, you know, you can evolve in your relationship um, sexually in a marriage so that, you know, you're more comfortable, things get better, young people, you know, uh, over time yeah. with practice, it turns out, um, <laughs> yeah. and, and a sense of safety. Mm -hmm. But also, of course, life gets busy, there's less time and space to like, take each other seriously in your bodies. And so that the, then there, that's when sometimes the, the shame can come. I'm a middle-aged lady. I know what it feels like to have weight gain and feel not like I was when my husband married me and mm -hmm. be worried about what's going on there. Yeah. And so, you know, All fair. it's it's fair super points. hard to to say to feel like, oh, you know, that's what he's watching and that is not anything like what is happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. Great so, point. what is what is that going to do for us and is he taking me seriously or is he imagining something else and not me? Yeah. yeah. And and so I know we've covered a whole lot of ground. Yeah. And 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 I want to bring us back to that whole question uh -huh. because you you presented that question is pornography grounds for divorce. Like if if it's adultery, which mm -hmm. then equals grounds for divorce. My take is 
what is your goal in answering that question? Because because now we're going to go and head into the motive of mm. asking the question. Mm. Because in the end, here's the truth. And and newsflash, if you didn't if you didn't think if you thought we were going to give you an answer, sorry to disappoint you. We're not going to give you an <laughs> what? answer. What? I might. But, uh, <laughs> but the point is this. Don't put words in my mouth, well, Curcio. Well, you can give the answer, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be right. Oh, so me. the point is, well, I, I, it's totally right. If not, it wouldn't be my opinion. <laughs> that's true. My opinion is right. Oh, <laughs> please reference other episodes to know where he's going from with that. So the idea is, you know, what is the motive with which you're asking that question? Well, because it, I believe no, 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 not not from you, not from you. No, no, I I'm know. Just but saying I, in general, I, the person who's like is adultery, like is pornography. Are adultery. they needing a reason to get divorced? Are that's, they, is that, is and that what's that's going what on? I'm saying. What is the motive behind ans- getting the answer to that question? Well, what if it's not they need a reason? What if their husband or wife, you know, we could is struggling with that and they're feeling that inadequacy. I mean, on some level, if you know your spouse is continually going down that that rabbit hole. There's a continual, I would say that's to me at least some sort of unfaithfulness mm-hmm. that's continually happening. Right. It's, it's maybe not a physical unfaithfulness, which I think most of the time when there is pornography involved, there is a physical aspect to it. Maybe it's not with another person, but there's still an intimacy there that I feel like you cross the line because you are you're taking the intimacy out of with its proper context. So here is my personal opinion well, on this. Let me, Here's my answer. Go ahead. If the person continues to do this, mm-hmm. in my humble opinion, now they're getting to a point where they're almost potentially sexually abusing you. Mm. And I'll explain why. The more you watch it, the more it influences you by beholding you become changed. If they're trying to take some of that thing that they're watching into the 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 sacredness of the bedroom, right, and your uh, sexual relationship, and with things that you're not comfortable doing, that you are probably unable to do because these women again mm-hmm. are trained professionals mm-hmm. doing what they're doing, right? Then to and a the cer- average person stars in pornography for six months. There you go. Like. It's a very, they're, they're a highly performed trained athletes and they cannot do that for very long. Of course not. The bodies can't take that, mm-hmm. you know? So, so the point is it can become a sexually abusive situation in which case now you need to get out of that. But what if what it doesn't? What if they just watch and that's it? Look, but the other thing, the other, but, the other element is that anything someone is doing that you find hurtful Mm -hmm. and you ask them over and over and over again not to. And on some ways, I don't say that it doesn't matter that it's pornography. I realize there's a whole other elements with sexuality things that are above and beyond. But it doesn't, if if you are finding something hurtful and and if I'm doing something and Tommy finds it hurtful every time I tell stories on him to my sisters on the phone, every Mm -hmm, time I talk to mm -hmm. them and, and he's asking me, like there's a whole bunch of other things going on there in terms of my lack of mutuality, love and respect Respect that are going on, and That's so I, and I, I do think sex and pornography are bigger potentially than just me gossiping about my husband to my sisters, but. That's what it seems like more to me. But um, love is not going to hurt the other person. That's what I'm getting at. You have to question the amount of love your spouse has for you if you've asked them to stop doing that because it hurts you, and they continue to do it without seeking help. Listen, what we're trying to get across, I feel, well, what I'm trying to get across, I'm not speak for everybody else. Yeah, stop putting uh, words in my mouth again. <laughs> is <laughs> that 
You can get help. This is not an impossibility. You can find the people who can help you overcome this addiction because it's what it is. And you were led to this addiction for a, for a particular reason and you keep going back to it because of something. Well, get to the root of why and get the help that you need to overcome it. All right, two things. Um, when it comes to, to watching, I, I feel like, to me, watching pornography is unfaithful. I, 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 that's just where I put it. And I don't know if that's... I agree. I, I just don't think there's room for it within the context of a marriage. I put it into the, the context of the Ten Commandments. Okay. Okay. The first four God, of God's commandments are for God, but they... Remember, God always uses marriage as a symbol of our relationship to him. Correct. And so if we put that together, so, so number one, uh, have no other gods before me. Mm -hmm. In other words, I'm your God. You're, I, don't get married to anyone else. This is a monogamous relationship <laughs> between us and God, right? Right, right. Right. Second one, this is where pornography comes into me. Don't have any graven images. Don't look at other things that aren't me, that are, that are not what it's supposed to be me, that are, that are, are uh, it says an abomination later on anyways. That's not an abomination yeah. of, of me. This, you know, like, I don't know of any, anyone who would like to go into their spouse's or girlfriend or boyfriend's room and see pictures of, of men or women there that are just like, you know, scantily clad and be like, oh yeah, I feel good about this. Cool, cool, mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, keep those pictures up. This really makes me feel good, right? Right. Don't, don't take my name in vain. Hey, don't, don't talk bad about your mm. spouse. Mm. Remember the Sabbath day. Hey, remember remember our anniversary. Remember the holy days. Remember the days that are special to us. Remember our special times. Let's set time apart for each other. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's that's just this mirror. So I find it as, I, personally, I think it's a, a de degradation of the marriage. Again, I go back to what it says in the very Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. Go later on, and you're going to see that it says, don't covet anything from your neighbor, mm. your neighbor's wife even, right? Now, granted, some of these women may not be married or whatever. The, you know, I'm talking from a male perspective, right? They're also female. Are they your wife? Porn. Then no, there's someone but, else's. Right. So, Just not so, yet. Exactly. So you got to think <laughs> about the fact that you're not to covet after them either. So yes, I agree that watching pornography already takes you down that whole concept that you're violating commandments on that. Because as much as... As much as you may never even meet the person you're watching, you're coveting after what you're seeing happening with them, and you would like to be indulging in that. That's part of the whole thing of pornography. Yeah. So, so if that is the, if that is the case, then the point is, hey, we don't need to be doing that. So I agree with you. There's no room for that. And if you and if you want to use it as an educate for, for an educational purpose. Pornography what? is not the best education. What? No, it's not educational all right, at all. So don't even start it's there. totally unrealistic. No, I've, heard, I've heard the argument. Oh my word. That is really? not even an argument. I, that's that's, that's an excuse. <laughs> so I've heard it. So I'm just trying to say. Mm -hmm. So if you have that opinion, you <laughs> that's wrong. We are all in agreement. That is a yes. wrong opinion. We respectfully <laughs> disagree with that dumb idea. I don't even respectfully disagree. I just disagree. It's just strongly. wrong. Yeah. So so here's another thing that came out of my conversation with my wife. Because she's like, hey, so is that grounds for divorce? Do you you agree with those pastors who are like, and I was like, oh, and I kind of was slow about it and was like thinking about it. And she's like, she didn't like the fact that I was like, well, why are you having a problem? Are you justifying it? Are you thinking? Mm. And I was like, 
No. <laughs> it is grounds for divorce, but as a man who, struck, who has struggled with this, and it's hard for me to... Th- it's hard for me knowing because I can empathize with that struggle. And when you empathize with the struggle, it's harder for me to be like, nope, that's it. It's done. Even though I, now I totally understand pornography is, I believe it's unfaithful. It's cheating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) To me, it's, you're being unfaithful. I agree. And I didn't see it that way before either. But also Jesus said, if you look at a woman, you've committed adultery and that does happen too. And again, grounds for divorce or saying it is a form of cheating um, and it is a kind of cheating and there's a lot of good reasons not to stay married, um, you know, and, and not all of them have to do with adultery. <laughs> um, and there's also things that some people go, if that ever happened, I would leave that sucker, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that would be the end of that marriage. And there's other people like, there's so many other important things to me that I feel like I, both of us are willing to work on this. So I, I hear what I feel like you're saying, PJ, isn't that just because it is adultery means that you must get divorced or that there's no hope for the marriage. Um, I don't remember what, did she say the pastors were saying you shouldn't, that adult, that pornography that, wasn't that adultery? They, that it wasn't grounds for divorce. First of all, I don't see pastors as being able to tell anybody what grounds for divorce is. So, Thank and you. also That's I think if I there were go. more women pastors, this would all be less creepy. You know, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but yes. when you get like sexual advice from male pastors, yes. like it is not, it is like a wildly, if there were more women preaching, it could be a lot more like, it'd be less creepy. Like yeah. men and women could talk more about this stuff and it would be just less creepy. I agree. So, so they're taking the freedom to decide for you. And this takes me back to my earlier statement. This decision, whether or not to stay in a relationship, really boils down to you and God. Mm-hmm. And this is, and I'm, it's not a cop-out. It is not a cliche. It's not, it really boils down to where you are in your walk with God. Is he asking you to continue on with the person who is engaged in these things? But P- PC, you said it. It takes both partners to say we are going to journey together to make this marriage work. So if you're willing, but your spouse is not, guess what? To me, that's your ground. Mm. Because again, it's not a one person show. You're not called to carry this. And the truth is this, my wife was not the one made responsible for my recovery. Mm -hmm. Right. And she's still not responsible for me staying sober. Right. And I can just say, there's a lot of things like, that just even though people want to do better with them and they just can't, there's there's people who are genuinely alcoholics or whatever, and they're they're struggling with it and they fall down. And like we love success stories, we love it when like it. And I never did it, you know. We love that, right. but also the real life of of like especially lots of substance addictions is like just chronic dealing with it you know and now i'm sober another day and then today i was not but tomorrow i can be sober again and it is not it may be the right thing for you to do even though it's a tragic thing to not stay married to somebody who's struggling with addiction even though you may love them and you may wish them well and you want to support them but it to make a home with them same thing with someone i mean Mm -hmm. i hate i hate saying all of this but it can be I think we have to be sympathetic to people who live with someone who's chronically depressed mm. and who like are is trying to get help. But like, and it is like every day it is a cloud over the entire family. And it is hard. like 
people who are struggling with all those kinds of things, we have to be more sympathetic to the range of ways in which we try to live the flourishing life God asks us to live, and especially when you're parenting children and you're trying to figure out how to create a healthy home for them. So I'm sympathetic to like the fact that there may be a whole range of things that some people are like, yep, I'm here for better or worse. This is what it means till death do us part. And I am along for this entire ride. I just gave Tommy, I just made it really clear to my entire family just in the last like three months, I called all my sisters because that's who Tommy has to worry about. <laughs> um, and I was like, if I, because I keep worrying, I'm losing mental cognition. And I'm like, if I lose my mind, Tommy can gently put me aside. Like, just so you know, like if I need to like be in an institution, if I cannot remember, I am totally up with, I know he'll take care of me, make sure I'm not starving or, you know, being abused and that I'm in a place where I'm cared for probably with one of my sisters, you know, who I can make their life miserable, but I am fine <laughs> with him not spending 30 years with somebody who can't think at all and who he has to like do all the basic stuff for now he may not ever choose to do that that's totally up to him but i'm just right. putting it out there oh, that's that like on the on the things now is well, that it's on what, tape now too yeah so. it's on tape for the whole right. world too. but if god i mean i do think god wanted us to love long term um with people through better and through worse also almost no marriages lasted more than 25 years in human history because one or the other partner very frequently died in another way. So we're doing some really stellar work as humans in the 21st century, staying married for 60 years but to you, somebody. But you know how I define what you just shared as love? Mm. Oh. You're being selfless and you're showing love to Tommy. There's and that's kudos to you. Kind. He's being Curcio kind. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm just pointing it out. Like, no, that wasn't exactly. my statement. It was it's, her statement. It's kind. Yeah, it's <laughs> but, kind but, of you to... But I'm saying it's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Because, again, we go back to that whole concept. If you're willing to mm -hmm. take something as I may lose my my cognition and I don't want my husband to have to suffer with, with me because mm -hmm. of that, that is love. And the person who can't say, hey, look, I love my spouse enough to stop watching pornography, mm. then you need to question your love. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. Hold on. I'm going to ask that. I'm going to ask this question because I've watched videos. I've seen research that has put um, watching pornography as an addiction. That's triggers certain things like as the same as alcohol or, or nicotine mm. or yes, cocaine. Studies, studies have shown. Right. Yep. So studies have shown that. <clears throat> so my wife, my wife said that as well. Hey, listen. If someone is choosing, if, if they're saying, hey, the pornography is more important than you, I understand if they're actually saying that, <laughs> that's one thing. But I, I, I'm, I'm also wondering, is it fair to say that that person, just because they keep watching it, is actually choosing it over you? Or is there an addiction that they can't quite get over? Just as a, there's many drug addicts who mm. are not choosing their drug over their family that drug is sucking them in and for some people pornography does do that it sucks them in so much that even though they want to possibly choose their wife there's something chemically or physically stopping them and and that's See, where i'm a little bit more and and, and again call me naive and maybe I'm Knife. not going to be Curcio kind on this one. Ooh. But my point is, I don't, I don't believe that there is anything man-made that God cannot give us the power to overcome with the right circumstances. I, I'm not saying that it's just going to be overnight. Boom, done. It's not happening again. But what I'm saying is, I don't believe 
mm-hmm. that there is anything man-made, even chemical, because now this is this is going into supernatural now. Mm-hmm. This is saying, God, you can get into my brain and fix what's broken in there, right? If he's willing, right? And I don't want to I don't want to caveat that or say, well, you know, well, if God's willing, nah, I, I, believe, I have a problem with that. I believe though, begin, to begin with, anyway, that's believe, another conversation. All right, fine, sure, we will talk about that another time. But my point is this: I believe. That if we sincerely seek God, take a can-do attitude towards it with God's help, I believe that with time and the right setup, we can overcome anything that we might have gotten ourselves into. Well, I'm glad you said with the right time. Because remember, we talked about there were times in our lives where we wanted to give it up. Of course, PJ. Look, I mean, mean, this is 20 years to to, to 18 right now. But what I'm saying is if my wife had gotten me towards the beginning of that, where I wasn't ready or God hadn't quite gotten me to the place where I was able to confess to her. Cause to me, to me, the turning point was the confession. Agreed. Right. If, if I hadn't gotten there, my wife was like, you're picking that or this. And she would catch me later and catch me later at that point in time, she would be saying, and at that point it feels impossible to choose. But that's my point. That's what I was getting at earlier. But I, 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 I think it's good to have that out there, and I think it's good to disagree. I think that there's definitely streams of people that, and they've they've done a lot of research on this. The people that are optimists, kind, positive, <laughs> and how Mercy. how different the world is for them mm-hmm. than it is for many people who have lines laid down in their brain that are more negative, more fearful, like why some people respond to stress and they can get overstressed. They have a crisis and it makes them stronger and they go on to do other things like a great tragedy and other people, it breaks them. And so there, there's, we don't exactly always know why that's going to happen. And I would really want it to, to be clear to somebody who might be struggling with this. And I know so many people who've struggled with all sorts of things that have been genuinely on their knees before God, mm. God be merciful to me, a sinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad spends a lot of time kind of with addicts, um, you know, in his ministry. And they are genuinely wanting to, and they definitely have a can-do attitude. And maybe the arc of within time is their whole life, and it's the new heaven, the new earth. And I, I don't think they are not being godly people or they aren't really open to God or they don't really mean it or really want to change. I also don't think someone needs to necessarily stay married to them, you know, during all of that. So even though, even though they are genuinely wanting to change, I do think as a person who's like, my job is to be, follow the God, God's path for me. And I think I cannot, I'm just being sucked down all the time to this and I'm not able to help you, Mm -hmm. you know, like I am no help and it is ruining both of our lives, you know, to kind of have to step away from that. I think it's totally fine, but I wouldn't want anyone hearing this to think that even though they have on their knees over and over, asked God to remove something from them and it isn't gone and they may Mm -hmm. end up doing that for 20 or 30 years, that that means they aren't really open to God or they aren't they aren't really asking honest prayers. Like that's what that's what I w- I would want to be clear on that. Um, whether it's a, 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 an addiction or, and or yeah, something and else or and depression or disability or any of the things that we think that we're told like if you will just pray hard enough it'll go away. Yeah, we do that with people, especially with mental illness like depression that's one of the big things hey you need to pray yourself through this anything is possible with god and while (laughs) get on this diet while i know that's a supernatural truth it's not everyone's story to be honest with you no it's not everyone's path now let me make sure that that i that i 
I make clear where I'm getting. Yeah, at. make it clear. All right. Because again, Paul had this thorn in his flesh. Mm-hmm. And he asked for it to be removed multiple times. And the answer in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, New Living Translation says, each time he said, (laughs) this is what God said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now this is Paul saying, I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. If that means you have to hit rock bottom and lose everything for you to mm-hmm. gain salvation, then yeah, yeah. It. But but also think of what that's implying. It's implying he was going to deal with that thorn for the rest of his life. Well, we don't know that, but it's like well, it's what's I, I, implied. It doesn't, yeah. well, it implies I'm not taking care of it. it. Doesn't mean now. No, no. But it's God, like God never answers. No, no. God it, is saying my wait. grace is all you need. Yeah, it's sufficient right. for you. So the point is, look, if you lose it all, but you gain salvation. Then you gained it all. Yep. In my humble opinion, you gained it all. I mean, what do you want? This world and the things of this world? No, you want the world that gives you eternal joy in life. I understand, but you're kind of disproving yourself a little bit. How? <laughs> right? Because you said there's nothing that God can't do, nothing chemical, but right. there are times when you might not. That's not, not your story. Not in this world. Yes, yeah. that okay. God. So that's what I'm saying. That's what I said from the beginning is that, listen, I do believe there are some people who desperately want to choose their spouse over their addiction, but they can't. There is something that's stopping them. And I do believe that doesn't mean the woman should stay in the marriage. You're, I, I agree with you, Lisa, that also that should be like, hey, well, then fine. We can't be in this relationship now. If God ever gives you victory, well, then let's talk <laughs> then. Right. But this is what I'm getting at. Like, I, I hear where you're saying, okay, well. There's nothing that, you know, because I, I said he can overcome all those things. Right. But it's not at the cost of those around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. If you're hurting other people in the process, yeah, those right. people need to get away that's from right. you. Yeah. No. But it doesn't mean that God isn't working on what your problem is. But maybe you need to do that by yourself. No, God is always working on your problem. With so so, <laughs> so that's what I meant. That. Like, yeah. like he, and this is why it's so important. I mean. I have real concerns and we can revisit in a different conversation when we uh, you know have more time about what all this looks like for people who aren't married. So that's a mm. but that's a separate kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. But I would say this is part of why we're even having these conversations with people or for people or in the presence of, you know, an audience which includes a lot of people who aren't married mm-hmm. yeah. because we do set um, so I think we've done a lot of shaming people in purity culture, mm. you know, which mm. talks about virginity as some sort of prize to be won, which yeah. it's, it's just not a thing. Um, and instead, you know, con- continence and, you know, faithfulness are what are, are what is important. Um, but I think we did so much of that and I, that's not a good thing. And shaming people is not a good thing. And it mm-hmm. doesn't accomplish what Jesus wants us to accomplish. Mm-hmm. However, Sometimes it turns out that like things that might have been done for the wrong reasons or whatever benefit you. And I do think not exposing this is what we you guys talked about um, with PA mm-hmm. last yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> about how everyone has so much technology in their hands mm-hmm. and they're constantly able to see pornography. And we know the research all shows how much this does interfere with our ability to have long term relationships and the it helps build addiction. Like I grew up in a home where we weren't allowed and I chose because I wanted to be a good girl, not for any righteous reasons and not I was peer pressured by my desire to please the adults in my life, never to like drink or smoke or do a bunch of those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. 
And you know what? It turns out that benefited me <laughs> a lot. That doesn't <laughs> yeah. mean I was perfect in any way. That does not have anything to do with who I am before God or anything like that. It just turns out that that benefited me, um, that I didn't do that. And it also benefits me that I was careful about my sexual behavior, you know, mm-hmm. and again, we can talk about that, um, more another time, but, um, this kind of addiction is so strong and it's so easily accessible now that we just see how, how much it is impinging long term. And so this is kind of an appeal in many ways to say our sexuality changes over the course of our life, our, our desires and our interests and, you know, things like that change in many ways over the course of our life. And when we're young, so many hormones raging and you know just so much constant thinking about this sort of thing thinking about what other people are thinking of you it's a nice release in many ways to not constantly be super aware of uh, and and hyper super aware all the time of like every person of the sex that you prefer you Mm -hmm. know and so I I think that's a beautiful thing but man it's such a nice thing not to bring that into your life in a way that you are going to maybe have to deal with you know and people do have have addictions but it you know if you are thinking about it, like right now, having interacted with with sex a few, or or pornography or whatever a few times now and again, again, it's not like drinking now and again means, oh my goodness, I'm an alcoholic, you mm-hmm. know, fair enough. But start thinking quickly about that sort of behavior because mm-hmm. it is so compulsive. Like I struggle with compulsive behavior. Like when I want to do something now, fortunately, I've, I've made choices at some points in my life that I that, like I said, I I never smoked, I never drank, but I, I have compulsive behavior in terms of things that I like and I want. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether it's food or or something else where I'm like, I've got to do this, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and here, here, (laughs) yeah, or or solitaire on my phone or phone behaviors or Mm -hmm. anything like that, like things that I want to do stuff. I, and just if you if you can we can watch you know what's happening and what patterns we're setting early on it just gives us so much more freedom mm. to have some things we don't have to deal with as much later but it's not the end of the world it doesn't mean you're now an addict if this has happened a few times right. but boy it can get it's a lot easier when you don't subject yourself yeah. i try to tell young people yeah. that all the time you yeah. will be dealing with it the rest of yeah. your life in That's some right. form or fashion. That's right. We're getting uh, close to closing here, but I do want to plug the videos that we had plugged last mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's heart, uh, no, brain, heart, and society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a three-part kind of documentary on how pornography affects those three areas in your life. Mm-hmm. I've watched two and a half of those. I've watched the first two, and I'm I'm part way through the society. And I start, I'm a little bit behind because I decided to watch them with my 11-year-old son. Because that's how important I feel yeah. like this conversation is that I wish someone nice. would have had with me. I, we're going to try to put that in the description or in the post because I believe it's a very good documentary. It's it's well done on on kind of the effects. It's it's a little lighthearted and it can be watched with a younger kid because it's not explicit in any way, but it does talk mm. about the effects. And, you know, last time I had said on the podcast, yeah, I don't think my son's been really watching this, ha- has had access mm-hmm, to it because of mm-hmm. a couple things. But I... I believe, like in this conversation, mm-hmm. we need to be proactive yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. in being who God has called us to be. Amen. So I w- we'll, we'll plug that again, and we'll make sure we put that somewhere where you can watch. Lisa, thank you so much for coming. Yeah. We're going to have to have you back. So There's a lot more to talk yeah, about yeah. in this area, isn't there? Yes, yeah. ma'am. Yeah, I want to take a little bit different route with you next time, though. Mm. I want to talk about dress code. 
I was worried that was her. This was ah, <laughs> there. It is. I really want to talk about dress code because I'm very opinionated. Yeah, um, that'll be fun to disagree. I can't wait. Oh, yes. well, there it is. It'll be fun to disagree. And we want to hear from you, Diversity on the Hill at Gmail dot com. Yes, Diversity with a C for the first time listener. Thank you for listening this far into our episode. Yeah, our our go to our Instagram and you can see some pictures. Sometimes, sometimes we post pictures, but usually every Friday we'll post out. Uh, that we've dropped our episode. Yep, at Diversity on the Hill. Well, thanks for listening again. Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Sounds good. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for being an awesome God. Mm-hmm. You are a holy God. And Lord, we ask for forgiveness for the many times that we have committed adultery against you. Amen. Yet you still call us back. Yes, Lord, you do. change our hearts. Make us who we need to be. Continue Mm -hmm. to work with us. May we be led by your Holy Spirit in all that we do, that whatever we eat, drink, Mm -hmm. watch, listen to, whatever we do, that it will bring glory and honor to your name. Amen. And may we concentrate on the pure and holy things. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus, who makes all of this possible. Amen. 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 Grace and peace to you all. This is PJ, and I'm out. Bye, folks. That was PC and PK here. Many blessings. Till next time.